ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? That was pretty good. That was a Friday. What up, H Town? Damn Damn right, right it was. Step there. I get the W is what what gave it away. The, the W you hit it hard. That was a that was a Friday W. Yep. is what that was. Now you get a yourself Friday a Saturday w. w, and as the weekend's going to yeah. start off really nice. I was be, I was he- being heckled in the airport. He's blank. I'm, I'm Joe George behind the glass. Friday edition of the Killer Bees. ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN ninety two five. Joe is our assistant to the regional manager. He is our queen bee. Yeah. Yeah, I was getting heck. They were saying rock chalk as I was walking through the airport. Because you obviously had your red on, right? No, not even red. I had my white hat on with uh, the red UH letter. I didn't even have red on, and they were they were rock chalking me. Whatever that means. Whatever a rock chalk means. I was getting rock chopped as I walked to the baggage claim. Uh, a lot of Kansas City jerseys, too. A bunch of Pat Mahomes. No Willie Gay jerseys. A lot of Pat Mahomes jerseys. No Willie Gay jerseys for whatever <laughs> reason. Uh, a lot of Travis Kelsey jerseys. Not much on the defensive side of the ball, though, which was uh, which was interesting. Coug Blaze can't believe they have an airport there. Well, they actually don't. You have to fly into Missouri. Well, I did. I flew into Kansas City, Missouri, and then I had to drive to Lawrence. But that, that's enough about me. Um, I don't know why I had this on my mind today, Blankers. Um, probably some sort of Discord on Twitter. That's where I get all my stuff. Um, one-hit wonders. We've seen plenty of one-hit wonders, whether it's in music. There's a lot of music yeah. artists who are one-hit wonders. They have one hit. They don't make anything else that's worth the darn the rest of their lives. Um, we one-hit actors or actresses, directors, and we see a lot of one-hit wonders in sports where one guy will or lady will jump onto the sports scene and then they'll disappear forever. Um, Mac McClung, kind of a one-hit wonder. He's, he's on the mm-hmm. scene, the slam dunk competition, and then can't even play well in the G League. Or a guy has a really good year, and then he's gone. Or maybe just a period of time, like Jeremy Lin. I know Jeremy Lin lasted more than one year, but it was that one hit, and they made a living off of that. Maybe a Tim Tebow. Like, there's a bunch of one-hit wonders, and if you want to you know, send us some of your favorite one-hit wonders, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Killer Bees aren't one-hit wonders, because we've lived no. through two different time slots. Uh, Joe George is not a one-hit wonder, because he's making his way up the alphabet. Two of the 26 have been accomplished so congratulations on that joe (laughs) from a houston texans perspective who are you most concerned is a one-hit wonder and i have a list here of seven players that had career years i would call it and maybe i missed a couple y'all can add some on uh 713-780-3776 or blankers or joe Mm -hmm. cj stroud's one of them nico collins career year tank dell first year career year will anderson first year career career year John Grenard has had a solid season before. Uh, now, this was a career year. You you could nitpick me here and say he's not a one-hit wonder, that he had eight sacks two years ago. You're an idiot. How do you put a guy who had eight sacks two years ago on this one-hit wonder list? But for the sake of conversation, he's there. Christian Harris is there, and Derek Stingley Jr. is there. Off the top of your head, am I missing anybody here? I got one. Cashman. Who is it? 
Okay, see, I didn't. I thought about Cashman. The reason that I didn't want to put Blake Cashman here, but we will since uh, since you brought him up. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's in the tier of these guys. I don't think he's in. Like if you if you just read off a list of eight players: C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Will Anderson, John Grenard, Christian Harris, Derek Stingley, and Blake Cashman. SAT question: What's the one name that doesn't belong? Yeah, probably. Probably. But we can but we can discuss him. I, I mean, because we the thing can, is, we, is, he may never play better than he played this year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I mean, I think he's. I think he is a good name to discuss. One hit. Yeah. Because in this the reason system, that I didn't put him on this list was because of the. You know, I don't think he's on the same tier. But maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe in this system, important. he might excel. I don't know. It just seemed like he had. You know, came out of nowhere to be a, a pretty big contributor. All right. Let's throw him on there, Joe. Do you have any off the top of your head that we can throw on here that that maybe we both overlook now? No, I, I think you guys got it. Uh, I don't really see anyone on this list that would I would. Um, Want to add past that? Noah Brown didn't play enough. Um, Singletary? Uh, uh, see, I thought Singlet- Singletary had comparable years to this in, in Buffalo. Buffalo. In Buffalo. Yeah, that's fair. That's what about fair. what about Johnston? Yeah. You want to debate a punter? He's a hell of a punter. <laughs> he I mean, was, but I he was a hell a of a punter. I'm just saying. <laughs> He 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 had a good year last year too though. Like he's he's been a good punter. This wasn't like like out of the norm for him. Now I think why we noticed more is because he was on a good football team. Whenever you're punting on a team that wins eleven games in three years, it's like oh, okay, whatever. You're just a punter. Um, but we can discuss him maybe at the back end of it. Somebody said Jalen Petrie. Jalen Petrie didn't have the career year. Jalen Petrie had a better rookie year, year than he did sophomore year. Yeah, uh, his one hit wonder was last year. Yeah. Now, hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> hopefully, maybe Jalen Petrie is the casualty tale of what we're talking about you, to you right now, that he is the one-hit wonder of the Houston Texans, and that's the reason we're having the conversation. I hope not. I hope that he can figure it out next year, have a bounce back in year two uh, with D'Amico Ryans. So who are we most concerned is a one-hit wonder? I'm not concerned that C.J. Stroud's a one-hit wonder. And there's been some one-hit wonders, let's be honest, at the quarterback position. Like Vince Young made the Pro Bowl in his rookie year and then never did after that. Robert Griffin got hurt. And, you know, that was the reason that he stunk the rest of his career. I don't have really any concern of C.J. Stroud being a one-hit wonder. I don't either. I don't either. I mean, look, and, and, and you know, we're going to get into some other stuff throughout the show, but you watched him last night in the Pro Bowl. You look at the things that he was able to do, and, and you know, we go back and we think about who we, we heard he was supposed to be. Yeah, he had touch, but could he do all these other things? He checked so many boxes, and then when we kept hearing from people week after week when we were singing his praises, well, he hasn't done this, and he hasn't done that, and he kept checking every box. You're right, and we've called out a couple of the guys that were basically went to a sophomore slump and never got out of it, but I, I just cannot see uh, any kind of scenario where that's him. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm out on uh, CJ. You have no exception here. Uh, or objection here, Joe? I'm no, imagining not you're, at all. you're cool There's with no CJ. CJ Stroud's uh, a one hit wonder. Nico Collins, possibility of him is a one hit wonder. I don't think so. Uh, I felt like at certain points, like, are we watching Fool's Gold? Is this going to last all season long? But then when he just kept getting better and kept, you know, again, kind of like not as nitpicked as much as CJ would be at the quarterback position, but, you know, the fact that he went up, we knew he could go up in traffic in high point footballs. But, you know, catches in traffic, catches, you know, you make it all the, the, the deep balls, yards after the catch. I, I don't see a scenario where I, I think that he's going he's gonna to take a step back. His, 
the I don't either. Like he he seems legit. Now, I think that you can certainly debate certain tiers with Nico Collins relative to the rest of the league. Like yesterday, we mentioned Nico Collins. What did I? What did we say he was? Like he was being drafted as the number nine wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I think he was top ten uh, currently. And I know it's super early to be drafted fantasy football, but these things are usually pretty pretty accurate even this far out. Now, a big reason because of that is because of C.J. Stroud. He went from thirty three catches, thirty seven catches, and yes, he had injury concerns to all of a sudden 80 catches so I'm always a little bit leery of guys who take a huge jump like being able to sustain that level of jump but my eye test tells me with Nico that I'm not really worried about it because he has like he has good hands he has really good size and he has the ability to run after catch so I'm I'm cool with Nico I don't really have much fear that he would be a one-hit wonder Joe uh no I'm not gonna I want to say yes and no, guys. I want to say no Uh-oh. as long as he's a Houston Texan. I question if down the road when Nico Collins hits the market, if he'll have the same success. I was kind of piggybacking That's on that. Interesting. I was going to say I don't have any question he's not going to take a step back. I do have questions if he thinks he's wide receiver one somewhere else or even here. Yeah, he's great because of the compliment of, of Tank and, and what you know and what the, and with the quarterback that spreads it around. But if he gets kind of grandiose ideas that he is a true wide receiver one, I would have questions about that. Yeah, because that. I think the comp that I would use here, too, is and now, not the Tank Dell is, is going to be Jamar Chase, okay? But look at what T. Higgins did this year. Like, he kind of just vanished for most of the season. I think he had less than, like, five touchdown catches the whole year. And he's a guy that I still love, but I, we viewed him as this number one wide receiver going into the season, and he's barely getting open when he has Jamar Chase on the other side of the field. I just there's still part of me that wonders if Nico is a little bit of what he was with Davis Mills. So I I say like twenty percent chance he's a one hit wonder, but I'm still curious about him like long long term. But if you're not concerned with him in CJ, I think this would be more of a two hit wonder because under contract sure. for one more year, mm-hmm. and we assume that the Texans would be interested in bringing him back, but there's certainly no guarantee of that. I I like that take actually because I do think that Nico gets elevated because of Stroud, quite honestly. And I think that, that like, the reason that his numbers surged was because of – like, he, he took – like, this is disrespectful to Nico Collins. But he did take that next step. But if Nico Collins took that next step and you still had a below-average quarterback throwing him the football – what do his numbers look like now? Are we debating Nico Collins and T. Higgins, or are we debating Nico Collins and Gabe Davis? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that Stroud elevated him a tier, which takes you to the next wide receiver, guy that I hold near and dear to my heart. I look down on Noah Brown. Times, go Cougs. No, Tank Dell. Oh, yeah. Tank Dell. Yeah, Tank Dell. Tank Dell, one hit wonder Yes. No, no chance. No chance. To me, the only thing would be a slow start because of recovering from the injury, but the injury wasn't ligaments. I I was encouraged by that. He's already in the facility and been, you know, and it seems like he's on schedule. Look, what he did, the way he was able to do it, not really being in the plans early, but then once he came onto the scene and yeah, defenses are going to pay more attention to him, but he's just he's so elusive and quick. I just think he's going to get better if that's possible, but I, I don't see any chance he's going to step back. 
No, and I also like the injury kind of plays a part in this too. Like he played in 11 games and, you know, people do have some concern about his health because he is small, but the number, like he had 47 catches, 700 yards. Like I expect him now seven touchdowns might be tough to, you know, do again, but I expect him to pass those numbers and the, and the connection that he has with Stroud. Now, like again, it kind of goes into that Street J Stroud conversation, but Tank Dell's here for at least the next three years under that rookie deal. So I have, again, very little concern of Tank Dell being a one-hit wonder. Uh, For me, there's no chance that he's a one-hit wonder because unlike Nico, I'm pretty confident Tank Dell could pretty much play with any quarterback in the NFL and have some success. Like Let's see, like Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, what they did their rookie years, Tank Dell would still be doing the same thing anywhere else, so no shot. Let's take a look at the defensive defensive side of the ball on the other side. Who are the greatest or worst one-hit wonders that you remember? It can be Houston-related. It can be non-sports-related, whatever. 713-780-3776, the HRMP listener line. Alpi got snubbed from the All-Star game. Uh, I'm curious how much Blinkers cares. I don't really care. But I also wanted to take a look at every NBA All-Star and seeing what they were up to when they were 21 years old because people get impatient with 21-year-old basketball players. Players around here. What is the good comp uh, for Jalen Green, former Rocket comp? Also, which quarterbacks on a rookie contract have the best chance to win a Super Bowl? It is a Who Said It Friday, and it also is a Mean Text Friday. Uh, we'll read all the mean things that you said through us uh, all week long. 713-780-3776. We're on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Beware of dog there. Or you can just search ESPN Houston on YouTube. We are alive and well there as well. He's at Pac-Man Joe on Twitter. Joe's at Joe George Radio. I'm at Jeremy Branham. We are the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You're back where you belong, in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with the Killer Bees, who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy. You know what song this is, Blankers? I do. Do you really? It's Billy Ray Cyrus, Miley's Miley's daddy, daddy. when he had the long, long hair. And the achy, breaky heart. Yeah. (laughs) Well done. This is what I think of whenever I think one-hit wonder. Billy Ray didn't have another wonder, did he? Well, he had a wonder and a kid that actually produced more hits than he did. (laughs) I meant to say hit. He never had another hit, right? This is it. I think think that's accurate. This was like my early elementary days. Now, did you you ever hear this song in Chicago? Did did it get up north that high? (laughs) Not really. I mean, it's also probably a little... This was a pretty big me. deal for a while. I was I remember hearing this song whenever I was like doing PE at Lakeland Elementary and Humble ISD and doing the jump rope. We would jump rope to this song. Okay. <laughs> that makes me feel like I also did the same thing. That's that's a bit uncomfortable to think about, but how okay. old were you, Blake? Were you in uh you were out of college? I don't even remember, but this is like what is it, um Gangnam style? Yeah, but Sire. see, he's a su- he's a super superstar. We just don't you know. know not yeah. here because I, I couldn't name another well, song. He was once. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I saw this random TikTok of him performing like overseas, and it looked like he yeah. filled up the biggest stadium on the planet. Would that be a gift? The one where he like jumps through the stage? Yes, because I've a, seen that. I see that all over the place. Like 100%. walking into the weekend, like this guy, and he's like yeah. lifted up. Yeah, they like they, the they catapult him like out of the stage. It looks <laughs> yeah. awesome. It's one of my favorite gifts that exist. So that's what I think of whenever I think of one-hit wonder. What do you think of when you think of one-hit wonder? 713-780-3776. I can rattle off. Oh, like yeah. You know me. I could rattle off a list right now for you, like probably. Give me your top three. Uh, men without hats, safety dance. 
What is that? It sounds like a... You I would know that, the song. Believe a, me, you would know the song. I think they have a residency at the uh, that Castle Casino in Vegas. Kaja Goo Goo. <laughs> Too Shy. Um, and then um, right at the same time as... Uh, oh, gosh darn it. Right at the same time as uh, the safety dance. There, uh, um, Come on, Eileen. By Dexy's Midnight Runners. There you go. Those are three. Did Vanilla Ice have another hit besides Ice Ice Baby? Yeah, I don't think list. so. I don't Which think so. Which he stole that, too, from Queen. In the the, the, the riff. He sure, yeah, he sure did. He got, mean, he got, yeah, he lost. He, he had, lost like, one on other part. very popular song, if you're someone of, like, my age. Uh, just I about to say Wasn't it from else. a movie? <laughs> yeah, he, he has. it's uh, Go Ninja. Oh, yeah, from the Ninja from, Warrior. From, from, from Vanilla a, Ice does? Uh, from, a nin, from Ninja Turtles. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, he does like this, like, he says, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go, and it's like one of the funniest songs in the world. But it's great. Did um did Chris Cross have another song besides Jump Jump? Wiggity Wiggity Whack, Make It a Make It a Mac. Chris okay, Cross will so make they you They weren't a jump, one-hit jump. wonder. Then. Oh, no, you're singing the Yeah, that's the, the one only song. one I know. So they never had another hit, did they? I don't think so. I don't think that they had another hit. You kids on the block, did they ever have more than one song? I'm afraid they did. Yeah, they, they did. did. Yeah, okay. I'm afraid they yes. did. Yep. Joe was eager. There's a lot say. of there's a lot of females <laughs> that would be able to rattle off the catalog. There's some people I used to work with that still like they oh, make it a point to go. Joe oh, by the way, joking. there's some people Joe's that I used to work with like. too that you know because they have prominent jobs with the Rockets that would not miss being as close to new kids in the on the block as possible when they come back. <laughs> Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six triple zero two biggest one hit wonder Lou Vega's Mambo number oh Mambo, Mambo, number, Mambo five. number five yeah that's Mambo a good one five. I didn't see the rest of that or he said um, La Macarena that's another big one. I don't know yep. who I don't know who sang that I have no idea who who put that together but that's still a hit like that's still a hit to these days but it is the only Los hit. Del Rio is that oh that's who sings it La Macarena yeah oh Mickey oh yeah Tony Basil. Yep. Yeah, somebody said that Billy Ray had that uh, Old Town Row with Lil Nas, but he did that like 40 years oh, that's after. that's right. Yeah, that's right. That was hit. pretty recent. Those were, yeah, it was recent, but it was not, it was like probably, I, I promise you that it was 30-ish years removed from my achy, breaky heart. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, for sure. So he went 30 years with nothing except for Miley, and he went from Achy Breaky Heart to Miley to Old What was the dude? Uh, the one, the one I was thinking about at the same time as the 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 Dexy's Midnight Runners and all that was Falco Rack Rock Me Amadeus. That was that's another. It? That was that was another one. That's yeah. all they had. Yeah, that's all they had. Oh man, who let? And the it was one dude. It was just one dude. Somebody. <laughs> Uh, Richard Hidalgo uh, could be. Nah, he, he had a couple of good years. Yeah, he, he had did. a couple of good years. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Will Anderson, one hit wonder. No way. God no. Yeah, no I'm comfortable. Chance. He he's so he's like super solid everywhere that he's just going to be a really good football player uh, for a good amount of time. See, that's what I think. He, that's I think. Sorry, that, that's where I think you draw. You, people will try to draw the line. No matter what, he's going to be an above average, really good football player. It's just the expectations are that he's going to be a dominant top five pass rushing football player yeah it depends on where where is his ceiling and like does he get to that see well it's more can he get to the ceiling because I think his ceiling's incredibly high it's can he get to the ceiling and I I, I think he developed a lot in his rookie year too so I'm, I'm a hard no on that one uh John Gernard who went from uh an injury prone season to 12 and a half sacks in a contract year two years removed from an eight sack season I, I just I can't see him just, this being the best he's got but as we said 
injuries are the biggest concern I have for him because he's starting to, you know, he's got more moves now. He seems to have really figured it out. Um, I would be concerned about injuries, but I don't think that this is the best year that he's ever going to have in his career. I'm going to say yes. I hesitate, I hesitate to call him a one-hit wonder because he was pretty solid two years ago, and I don't see him going from 12 and a half sacks to like five and like never getting past that, but I do think the 12 and a half sacks is going to be his career high. That's kind of why I say yes. I don't. I don't think he ever gets this point again. He might get close, but I think I think he'll max out at like ten going forward in his career. Okay. Yeah, we're kind of similar similar uh, ideas there. Christian Harris, who really came on second half of the year. Yeah, I, I don't think so because of D'Amico and because of the fact that he was kind of you know I was a big fan of his when they drafted him and I thought that he was a steal and he showed some signs and then kind of faded and then under D'Amico he just kind of just you know took the world by storm. I, I believe that the best is still yet to come for him. I think he's about to take off. I, I think he's going to go nuts and be one of the better linebackers in football. When I say better, let me let me qualify that. Uh, I think he's going to be like a top 15 linebacker in football, like like maybe even top 10. I think he's about to really take off. So he could be uh, D'Amico's really Fred Werner? Yeah. yeah, and that might be too high of praise. Like, he still might have a little ways to go there. Mm-hmm. But I think he's about to take off. And I think we saw it, like, in the last – four to six games of the year. He, he was playing on another level last four or six games of the year. For me, it's a, it's a easy, like, no chance he's a one-hit wonder. I, I think Derek I, Stingley. Yeah, he's go a star. Ahead, go ahead. No, I, I just think star, Christian Harris, yeah. is, he's all over the place. Like, the way he developed from, like, week one to where it was at the end of the season, like, they're putting the, what we talked about, the green dot on toe-toe, and then by the end of the season, Christian Harris is making every big play possible on this team. That relationship with D'Amico, like, when you go back to the pick six, against Flacco, there's so much there that I, I just think I w- I'm with you guys. I think he takes off yeah. next year in a big way. Where are you at on Derek Stingley? Uh, I think he, I think we might. I think the best is still yet to come with him too. He might be because of the injuries, because of the coaching, because of the scheme. I think he got off to a super slow start, but when you look at what he did this year, and you know, and for yeah, he had again he he missed some time, but when you look at it, like you got to believe like there's going to be better seasons ahead for him. So I, I would say definitely that he was not a one-hit wonder, that there's better there's better seasons coming for him. Yeah, to me, it's, it's if he can avoid injury. If he's on the football field, he's a really good football player. It's just about avoiding injury for Derek Stingley. Yeah, and, he's and the, not a one, I don't think he's a one-hit wonder. No, I, but I think eventually that contract could be a problem if he doesn't really, truly show out between now and then. Last one, and then we can get back to the, the music ones because that's the real fun part of the conversation. Uh, Blake Cashman is a one-hit wonder. Boy... You know, I, I I honestly think that he is. I think that this was his career year. I think that, you know, when we started talking about how well he covered uh, on tight ends and receivers when they got out uh, in the open field, when he was all over the field, I mean, this is something we hadn't seen before, and he's been in the league for a decent I, – I just – I think that we might – I definitely think we saw the best of Blake Cashman this last year. Yeah, to me, it depends on where he ends up. Like, if he stays with the Texans, but I think the Texans might try to out-recruit him and get better there – uh, I could see him having a similar season, but it's hard to imagine. I, I think this is his career year. Yeah, I'll go one hit wonder on him as well. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, I just and I think part of it is for him is he's going to get a, a pay increase. And I just don't think he can live up to a pay increase. And that, I also don't think Casario is going to pay for it. Like I think Casario realizes that he squeezed as much out of Blake Cashman as possible, and he's playing at his ceiling. Why pay him over his ceiling? I, I don't think he's going to get paid. I think he's going to be on a different team next year. Uh, Mark says Chris Cross had two hits. Mark and a bunch of people, by the way, on the Twitch and the, and the text line, they're taking exception to us saying Chris Cross only had a, one hit. What did uh, they? He said, jump, I, I, jump. I'm he said warm that. it up. 
He said warm it up. Oh, warm it up, Chris. I'm about to. Okay, that was decent. All right. There you go. Are you really – but, like, is it really that different between a one-hit wonder and a two-hit wonder? Yeah. Yeah, it's much different. Like, Jeremy Absolutely. Lin is it's like, like a, winning. No, it's like winning one ma- – it's like winning one major versus winning two majors. I think it's drastically different. I don't think it's that different. Like, you're okay. still not – like, See, you're not you're not a top artist or anything like that. You're not a, a great player if you have two good moments. That's all they really have. if you really win have. two majors, maybe that's all you got. Maybe you won two majors and you're not a top 25 player in the world. Yeah, that's, that's still kind of one-hit wondery. That's like Fred Couples only won one major. Go Cougs. Michelle Wee. Remember how everybody was taught she could take everything by storm? She won what, one tournament? Portion of the show. I know, but was Nike Mel- signed her to the monster deal, and she was all over on commercials, and everybody's like, oh, boy, she's going to be like the female tiger. Not so much. She was never Annika Swanson. What was the game the bench used to play? Female golfer? Male golfer, female golfer food. Yeah. Michelle Wee. <laughs> <laughs> Some, if someone yells oh, Dean Rice, I'm not. I mean, uh, Peyton Hillis. Remember uh, when yeah, he wanted to get like hyper paid after one good year? Yeah, he was on he Madden. Got the Madden cover. Yeah. He, got, he was the Madden curse, maybe the greatest Madden curse of all time. I mean, he was, and then I mean, he, he did save his kids in the ocean, though. So I would say he's more than one hit. Joe. Baja man, oh, that's, not, that's not fair. <laughs> Baja man, what did they sing? Who let the dogs? Out? Oh, what a great oh, song! That's right. That's it's not a great song. <laughs> it's a great song. My <laughs> kids love it. <laughs> it's a terrible song. That song came out when I was like twelve. I love that song. Well, well then, right there something. with that, wouldn't that be Woomp? There it is, too. Tag team. It's yeah. pretty good. I think those two more modern. You can yeah. win one major, but still be a good player. Most wouldn't hit wonder musicians don't have any other good music. You're right. You're right. It's a bad example. I'm just saying that you have to have more than more than one hit. That wasn't my best. Uh, that wasn't my best one. One hit wonder. This guy said Ray Rice elevator. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> literally. Ooh. Ouch. Don't don't send us stuff like that. We're not oh. going to read that stuff on the radio. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Don't don't send us that stuff. It's not going to be read. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. This guy says House of Pain. Jump around. That you song know I'm very is a great to that song. song. I mean, why is that? Because that's the you don't at Wisconsin to start the fourth quarter. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> that is like that's the tradition. We had a we had a U of H baseball player, Caleb Ramsey, played minors for a little bit. He you, he used that as a walk up song. It was electric as a walk up song because it gets like the crowd into it and stuff. Did they name the artist? Uh, yeah, uh, d- yeah. House of Pain. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, House of yeah, Pain. Great. I mean, but that's that's all they got. I've heard someone. One, a friend of mine said they once saw them in concert and they had to play that song three times. Really? Yeah. Like they, they didn't had. have all that much. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said Jeremy Pena. Jeremy Pena was fine in his sophomore yeah. year. Like Jeremy Pena's regular season in year two was very similar to Jeremy Pena's regular season in year one. It's just the postseason were, were very different, and it seems like he lost all his power. Yeah, but maybe that's um, the one hit wonder is the postseason. Yeah, like, the, yeah whole, the, the whole the whole collection of a season. Yeah. The to do all of that. I know. But one hit wonder makes it seem like you're lousy every other time of your life. And Jeremy Pena had a Jeremy Pena's first two years is a good big leaguer, especially because he plays shortstop and plays at a high level. So I that's where I nitpick that. I mean, is he really that good if Lance Berkman doesn't know who he is? Lance Berkman is clueless on Astros. That doesn't mean that Jeremy <laughs> Pena stinks. It means that I Lance know. Berkman doesn't follow the hometown team. Uh, Eddie Grant, Electric Avenue. I like that song. It's a good song. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't know Eddie Grant. No, he's had. Right. A, he had. Um, he had one from a movie too. Joe would never. But Romancing the Stone. Eddie. I know that Eddie Grant had another song. There you go. Our one-hit wonder. Somebody said uh, Steve Slayton, one-hit wonder in Houston sports. That's a good call. Pretty Someone good call. said Jason Lane. Jason Lane's a good call too. 
Uh, somebody else said Morgan Innsberg. Morgan Innsberg had a couple of solid years. His standalone year was just so far better than every other year that he had. Yeah, you're right. All right. Those are our, our one-hit wonders, sports and non-sports. Uh, Alpi Shingun, not an all-star, which I'm sure he's upset. He's ill today, too. I wonder if he's sick about not making the all-star team. Uh, whatever. But I want to look at every all-star and where they were when they were 21 years old. Because a lot of you out there, a lot of the hive are, are done with Jalen Green. Because he's 21 years old and he's disappointing you and he's letting you down and you have zero patience. How about all these other All-Stars and what they were up to when they were 21 years old? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, deep inside the secret bee cave, it's Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham. Miranda says, take on me by AHA. Is that the song that says, take on me? Yeah, great video. Me on. That's how it goes, right? Yeah, it was that really cool uh, video where the, the charcoal sketches come to life on MTV. They had TV then? Oh, yeah. Oh. Do you uh, want the top ten? White boy. The great, top ten greatest one-hit wonders. Great, here, yeah. one, we'll hear another one uh, before before you do that. Okay. Uh, King of Twitch, who's always a beacon of positivity. He says right. Yiner Diaz. Unbelievable. See, that's that unreal. Way yeah. to, to, to right, start the weekend 10? off right. <laughs> Number one all-time was Macarena. I, I find that somewhat surprising. I would think there was others, but. That one's still a banger, too. Like Go to a wedding and don't hear oh, that song. Of course. But Especially so is where a, I come from. Electric Slide. Okay. I mean, that's, that's another one-hit wonder that you're going to hear at a wedding. I used to DJ. Yeah. I used to have to play all these songs. Uh, Macarena, your DJ name? Ma- uh, same. Uh, Macarena number one. What? Tainted Love DJ number two. Blank? No. Tainted, Tainted Love number two. Love. Dexy's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen. Number three. Right said Fred. I'm too sexy. <laughs> Five is Tony Basil. Mickey. Six. Oh, so people did text that in. Yep. Six is Who Let the Dogs Out. Seven is Ice Ice Baby. Eight is Take On Me. Nine is Rico Suave, and ten is 99 Luft Balloons. Who sang that one? Nena. N-E-N-A. She was German because the American version was 99 Red Balloons, but there were two versions that were out. <laughs> Just letting you know. Oh, man. That's like, very like good. That's Rico, good you guys there. know the song Rico Suave? Yeah, of course. Okay. Rico Suave. So the guy who like sang that. it, his... His music name was like, it's like Marky Mark for Mark Wahlberg. His music name was Gerardo, but he was actually in uh, movies and soap operas. I think his name was like Adrian's Med or something like like that, or or something close to that. He was in uh, Bachelor Party, I think, with Tom Hanks. Huh. Someone said Marwin Gonzalez was the Millie Vanilli of 2017. You're not wrong. You know, it's very true. Partial, you're not wrong. Someone said Brady Anderson. That was uh, performance the Orioles. The year he hit 50 Allegedly. bombs and had forearms like like a some like power lifter. He went from being a 12 homer guy to a 50 something homer guy. Yeah. 12 homer lead off slapping Judy guy into hitting tanks 50 of them in a single year. Allegedly. There, now there's Allegedly. another ex Astro that did something like that one year. Uh, Luis Gonzalez. Gonzo did. Finley. He sure did. So did Finley. That's like those true. Those were super skinny, and they were hitting 50 home runs. It's like, what is going on? Maybe there was some truth what is to some of those rumors right back in the day. What is happening at this moment? All right, here is uh, Alpi Shingun got snubbed from the All-Star Games, according to some. Do you think he got snubbed? Um, I, I think you could. I think they're obviously Rocket fans could make a case. I think he's having a, a really, really good year. But unless they do what, like, you know, baseball does, where it, you need at least one representative from every team, 
I was looking at it last night, and really, I don't think there's many that you would say got snubbed. And I think that actually Sabonis with the Kings is is having another great year that might be better than out where you go, you know what? He's got an argument too. But other than that, I think that they pretty much got it right. It's a shame because of we see it differently because this was like his breakout season. But I, I just don't think that he had the numbers overall and the team had the success for him to get there. Yeah, I mean, you could nitpick a few things. I, I don't think that it was an obvious snub because I think it is hard to take out somebody else now. Hey, maybe it motivates Alpie. Maybe, it, you know, he can take that game to an even higher level. So there could be some positive here. 2128 says went to high school in Crosby with Astros one-hit wonder J.R. Toll. He was a one-game wonder. Had like eight RBIs in a game. So uh, everybody, hey, Jalen Green, trade him, impatient. He's not living up to the hype. He's a bust. Um, his, his potential's great, but he's not there yet. He's 21 years old. He needs to be better. I went and I looked and I pulled the numbers of every player that got named to the All-Star game this year. This is what I did on the plane right here. Mm. Um, every All-Star when they were 21 years old. Now, there's some dudes who were, like, were nuts. Like There's some dudes who were unbelievable. LeBron James, when he was 21, went, averaged 31.5 points, 7 rebounds, 6.5 assists. So he's a freak. Kevin Durant averaged 30 points, 7.5 rebounds. Luka Doncic was at 28, 8.5, and, and 8. So like there, there are guys, some of the best in the league, who were doing it at a very young age. They were doing it at 21. There's other guys that at the age of 21, you had no idea who they were going to become. Giannis, when he was 21 years old, solid player, mm-hmm. 17 points, 7.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists. That's good. That's solid. It's not the best player in the NBA. Joel Embiid, when he was 21 years old, he did not play for the entire season with a foot injury, and it was the second straight season. Joel Embiid didn't play a game in the NBA until his age 22 year. He got Sam uh, Hickey fired. Yeah, because she trust the trust process. Trust the process, yep. Was on the IR. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, he got traded in his second year when he was 21. He was average. He was okay, 15.5 points, eight, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, okay. Damian Lillard, when he was 21 years old, he was still in college. Damian Lillard was still in college really? when he was 21 years old. Yeah, his rookie year he was 22, and he had a good rookie year, 19.6.5 assists, but that wasn't like you know all-star caliber. His rookie year was when he was 22. Same thing with Jalen Brunson. When Jalen Brunson was 21 was his final year of college. Whenever he was a rookie at 22, he averaged 9.5 points, 3 assists, 2.5 rebounds a game. Uh, Bam, Ad- uh, Bam Adebayo, who's kind of like, you know, he's kind of a big, so it's a little mm-hmm. bit hard to compare here. He only started 28 games when he was 21. He had 9.7.5 rebounds. Uh, Jalen Brown, 14.5 points, 5 rebounds. Tyrese Maxey, 17.5 points, 4.5 rebounds. Donovan Mitchell, 20.5 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds a game. Julius Randle, 11 and 10. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 19.6 rebounds, 3.5 assists. Nikolai Jokic, 16.5 points. I did have 10 rebounds a game. Uh, Steph Curry, when he was 21, 17.5 points a game, 6 assists per game. Paul George, 12 points, 5.5 rebounds. Kawhi Leonard, 12 points, 6 rebounds. Jalen Green this year at the age of 21, 18.5 points a game, 5 rebounds a game. And this isn't me trying to tell you that Jalen Green is someday going to be a perennial all-star. I have no idea what Jalen Green's going to do. No one does. No one has any clue That's what Jalen Green's going to do over the next five to six seasons. What I'm trying to tell you is that 
all of you that are jumping to conclusions on a 21-year-old who's already oozed incredible potential. He's in his third season and has already had a year where he scored 20 points or more. Currently at 18 and a half, if he finishes hot, he'll have back-to-back seasons of 20 or more. He's currently in a heater right now, and he's playing for a real coach for the first time in his life that is trying to teach him how to play team basketball and how to play winning basketball. I have no idea what Jalen Green's going to become. I have no idea if Jalen Green's going to be a disappointment. I have no idea if Jalen Green's going to turn into a perennial all-star. What I do know is that you can't quit really talented basketball players at the age of 21. No, and you know what? And I've also brought up, and I appreciate the research you did, the one guy that I always go to that comes to my mind right away was Chauncey Billups, who was like Jalen Green. He was a high lottery type pick. And he bounced around from the Celtics, who I believe drafted him, uh, to the to the Nuggets, and then the Pistons finally got him, and then boom, he becomes a Hall of Famer. You just don't know, and this is kind of the conversation we had with Will Anderson during Texan season too. Like, you just don't know when a guy's going to take off and not only bloom, but just like explode. And and that's the kind of thing that you have to be very cognizant of. That's why we both said, hey, look, you can, you can see what the market is right now just to see what people are thinking, but there's no way you trade Jalen Green unless you have to because there's just so much untapped potential. And because of the fact that he literally threw away the first two seasons of his career in terms of how to be a great NBA player because he wasn't coached, he got no guidance, he got nothing other than the ball in his hands every time he wanted it. And now he's in a position, like you said, where he's learning how to be a true NBA player, both ends of the floor, not you know complaining about calls as much, basically sharing the basketball. He's finding out right now the rebounds are a great story, but also the fact that when Udoka made a point of saying, when Fred Van Vliet's out, this is one of the guys that I want to facilitate the offense to where he could be more of a facilitator. I just don't think in his head because he never really played the position, that he, he actually contemplated how good that could be for him. Yeah, and the, the other thing, too, is he's shown the ability. Like, we know he has it in him. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. It's like, I wouldn't quit on a 21-year-old really ever, um, but especially a 21-year-old that shows you that he's capable of having a 40-point night, that shows you he's capable of averaging 20 or more in a season. So you know he has the capability. I totally understand the frustration. I get it. And especially in the society we live nowadays where, hey, it's microwave society. Uh, I don't have any patience or give me patience and give it to me now. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I get it. Like, I understand the conversation. I understand the argument. I understand. I, I don't understand the logic, but I understand the argument. He has shown us he's capable of doing it. So it's not only quitting on a 21-year-old, it's quitting on a 21-year-old that has shown you that he is capable. So now, because you finally have a good coach, maybe he can bring it all out of him. Maybe Jalen Green in three years is going to be a complete player that has been able to, you know, sand the rough edges, and he's turning into this player who makes the right decisions, who is more consistent, who is not as streaky and rides these waves, and he's a more consistent player that is a perennial all-star. Or maybe he just turns out to be a guy who's off the bench who's a six-man, which, you know, that's that's possible, that's plausible, that's in play, but I'm going to find out first. No, you have to, because the thing is, you know, the, when you say, well, you know what, he hasn't really, he, his whole mentality is always shoot first. And we've talked about this and how when the ball's in his hands, he feels like he's got, first thing he's got to do is he's got to go, you know, shoot, get the ball up in the air, figure out a way to put some points on the board. But it's because it's the only way he's ever known. Now you put him in a system where he starts to find out, hey, I can move the ball. I can pass the ball. I'll get the ball back if I'm open, but it's better for me and better for the team. 
and then he becomes more of a facilitator that can score. Now he opens up not just the team aspect, but it opens up more avenues for him too because what are people noticing over the last several games? Rebounds. No one ever thought Jalen Green was going to be a rebounder, but because all of a sudden he's figured out, hey, I can make an impact on the game. And and a lot of this generation feels like the only way they impact the game is how many points you can score. But when he he can get other things on the stat sheet, people are taking notice. And I think to your point, Jeremy, the other thing is it depends on where you were drafted, how the, the, the critics and the skeptics come out of the woodwork even faster. When you're a top five pick, you're supposed to already be an all-star. You're supposed to be a guy that everybody's already wowed by, and it hasn't happened for him. But a lot of it's because if you're the top, you know, it's not like the NBA used to be where if you're a top three pick, you're supposed to be a bona fide all-star difference maker for a team. It just doesn't, the success rate's not as good as it used to be. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. What what is the what is the Jalen Green comp? Is there a Jalen Green comp to a former Houston Rocket? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer Bees. ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN ninety two five. Hey, right now I want to tell you about my good friend Doc Linville. Doc Linville, best in the business at a lot of things. He does plastic surgery. He does Botox. He does spa treatments. He does a lot of stuff that help a lot of people. The thing I think he's absolutely the best at is the Neograph procedure because I experienced it myself, and I'm telling you, it is a game changer. It gets your hair back, guys. It's not the, the sprays and the creams and the foams that just mask the problem. No, it's actually getting your hair back because one thing he told me that I wasn't aware of when I had the consultation with him was the fact that nine, no matter where you lose the hair, anywhere else on your head, genetically you're never going to lose it on the sides and the back so therefore he takes some of those follicles moves them where you need them most maybe it's your hairline in front maybe it's up on top in the back but he makes a difference because those follicles like i said they're never going to go away because of where they came from if he repurposes them now suddenly you have a better coverage area you have more self-confidence you like the way you look again and you have a overall better feeling about yourself it's phenomenal and it's all done with the neograph procedure and you can figure out if it's right for you or not for absolutely free most people it costs 150 bucks to have a consultation with doc's office you get it for free by listening to us and going to 975hair.com set up the appointment go talk to them ask questions get answers find out if it's right for you too I'm telling you, the game changer for me was the fact that 99, nine, almost 99% of the follicles he moves are going to stay and grow and be with you for the long haul, but there's so many others. And, and the other thing is you're going to see the follicles there almost instantly. You'll see the true full results in about six to nine months, and you are going to love it. Check them out today. Tell them I sent you by. Go to 975hair.com. You're back where you belong, in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with the killer bees who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy. He's blank on Branham, zero seven seven three. What's your point, Branham? It's like saying the 12th pick in the draft is historically good, so all 12 picks will be good. I thought I was pretty clear with the point that Jalen Green is 21 years old, and by looking at this year's All-Stars, doing what they did when they were 21, we shouldn't close the book on Jalen Green at 21. And what Jalen Green has done in his first three years of the league, and his oldest seeing being at the age of 21, it's a lot better than some of the current All-Stars at the age of 21. Mm-hmm. So the point is be patient with a young kid. Yeah, don't uh, That it. is the point. That's that's the, what the point is. Uh, 7107, wasn't Clovey slow to bo- uh, blossom or am I tripping? I seem to remember Eddie Jones being better for the Lakers before he went to, uh, I think, Charlotte. Well, Kobe Kobe went straight out of high school, yeah. so he was a year earlier than Jalen Green. And I remember they did kind of take it easy with him early, like first couple well, of years. And then remember, they 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 had, they pushed him into the starting lineup late in the year, and, they, and he airballed a potential game winner that he basically looked guys off to take, and he took a whole lot of heat in the offseason 
and they were they were starting to question what he could really do, and then he just went nuts because his work ethic was unbelievable. Yeah, he. I mean, he was super young too. Like right. he, when his rookie year was the age of eighteen. He, he played. He started six games, played fifteen and a half minutes. Uh, his second year was his when he was when he was nineteen. Seventy nine games. Only started one game, played twenty six minutes, averaged fifteen and a half. Made the All Star team. I think he got voted in though. And he wouldn't have been an all-star if it wasn't for the vote. He just didn't have the numbers. And his third year is when you started to see, okay, now he's an everyday starter. He averaged 20 points a game. He was 20 years old. And then when he was 21, he averaged 22 and a half. And then he went on this tear where he was an all-star every single year. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say it took him a little while to blossom. I mean, Jalen Green had a better age, 19 and 20 year, than Kobe Bryant. Not saying that Jalen Green's going to be Kobe Bryant. But if you just went Jalen Green... 19, 20 years old, looked at those two years and looked at Kobe's 19 and 20-year-old year, Jalen's got better numbers. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the truth of the it's the truth of the matter. It's but but Kobe went nuts. Like Kobe became an all-time great in the years and to it, follow and I I don't think that Jalen has the work ethic that Kobe Bryant does cuz I don't think anybody does. No, I think you're right. And and there's just certain things that, you know, that very few have and his will, desire and drive were unbelievable. But there's no denying we know he has talent. We know he can jump out of the gym. We know he's quick. We know that, you know, he's athletic. But the fact is there's also been plenty of players that have all those attributes and can't figure it out at that level. And, and and maybe they don't want to, maybe they don't understand and they don't, they're not willing to learn, but for whatever the reason, there's been a, a ton of guys where you can go, man, that dude coming out of college or that guy coming out of high school was unreal. And then you see him get to the next, to the, the ultimate level and they don't want to do what is, is necessary for them to kind of take it to where everybody expects them to take it. And that's just part of the game too, because some guys, whether it's, your upbringing, your training, you know, the, the, the systems you've played in, you know, maybe, you know, inside genetically, you just don't have the, that drive or that, that focus to say, this is what I want to do and I want to be the best at it. it there's, there's tons of examples. Yep, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Um, someone's asking if we touched on Carl Weathers yet. No, we we were having a little fun in the first couple of segments. Didn't mention that yet. Um, that, I, I, you know what's weird about that, Blankers, mm. is whenever I got to the hotel, one of the one of the channels was uh, they were showing a Rocky like marathon, uh-huh. but it was before he passed. So it was weird. Oh, really? Like I actually had it on. I was watching it. I was watching Rocky three. Uh, right when I walked in, as I was like, you know, unpacking, doing some other stuff, getting ready for the show, and then about an hour later, I pull up to Twitter, and there's the breaking news that Carl we- Carl Weathers passed away. Yeah, and it, the thing that's crazy about that too is he's now doing the com- he was doing the commercials with Gronk leading up to the big kick Gronk is making Super Bowl Sunday during the game, and so he's he's even more prevalent again. He's in the commercials; they're referencing, you know, when he was training it, from the movies and stuff like that. Now all of a sudden, it's like you can't run any of those commercials. That's weird. I, I hadn't realized that. Yeah, yeah it's too bad on uh, Carl Weathers. He was uh, really good in a few of his roles. Uh, I loved him best in, in Rocky. I yeah, know a lot too. of people like him in, in Happy Gilmore, but I think I think his best role ever was uh, was Apollo Creed. No doubt. He, the early Rockies were awesome. He played, you know, some people you go, I don't know if that's the right fit for a character like that. He was the ultimate kind of, you know, badass, you know, knock me off my throne kind of kind of boxing. He fit that role perfectly. He was fantastic. Seven one three seven eight zero ESP and HRMP listener line. Uh, speaking of Jalen Green, uh, you had a, a rocket comp for him, and this is really weird because the texture just nailed the comp that you have for the Rockets. Uh, but what is it? So to me, I was wondering because of the fact that I was listening to Udoka start talking about that he needs to be more of a facilitator. He wants to be. Uh, he wants to lean on Jalen to be one of the guys that kind of takes the rock and gets people going. And, and you know, my first 
correlation was if he became Stevie Francis, would fans be okay with that? Because we've been talking about how fans have wanted to trade him. They're down on him. They don't believe in him. They don't see the, the possible potential that a lot of us see. And I'm thinking, you know what? It was kind of like, it wasn't like a flash in the pan, but it wasn't a long run. But Stevie was an all-star, and Stevie was in the dunk contest, and Stevie was a guy that was the leader of his team. Now, that team wasn't very good, but Stevie was averaging good numbers, and you know he was all over the place, and people were calling him Stevie Franchise. And you and I'm, I was just curious, like, would people be okay? And is that a good comp if Jalen becomes the next version of Steve Francis? Yeah, I I have a tough. Are you talking about just caliber of player? Because they feel different to me. Yeah, like, but Francis obviously yeah, had but, much better dribble. More so about the fact that you know he he was the leader of the team. Yeah, you had other players on the team. You had Mobley and other guys, but he was the unequivocal like best player on that team. So it's, there's different ways to look at it. Yeah, he was more of the point guard, but the point guard shoot first mentality. Jalen's not definitely a one, but he, he's going to – evidently Udoka wants him to facilitate a little more. We'd like to see him have more than just that kind of blinders on approach to when the ball's in his hands. But I, I was just curious, like, overall with this rebuild and all these young players, if he turns out to be Stevie Francis for, you know, however long Steve Francis had his most success, but would you be yeah. okay with that? Yeah, if you go caliber of player, because I have a hard time like thinking yeah, about player comps, but nine seven four four six. Let me read this real quick. So maybe a comparison for Green could be Stephen Francis? Uh, question mark. I'm not as well uh, versed on basketball, but maybe that's a that's a fair comparison. I love Steve Francis. Like, you know, in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have loved him as much as I did, but he was just super fun. Like, mm-hmm. he brought a lot of athleticism. Like, he 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 could certainly yam on you. Like, his ability Ooh, to, to throw down some slams was a lot of fun. Uh, Francis was a three-time All-Star, never a first-time All-NBA. I think people would be disappointed if he had the career of Steve Francis. See, now, if you could parlay Steve Francis into a bigger superstar, you could parlay Jalen Green into a bigger superstar. Not now, now, not now. Wait a few years, then that would be something that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But if he had the career of Steve Francis and he was here for like a decade, uh, I think he would be looked at widely as a disappointment. See, and that's the reason why you can have that discussion too is the fact that he was a three-time All Star, but he was voted in all three times. I believe. I'm almost positive that he was voted in. That's when the voting mattered more, and it was all based on balloting for for several years. But at, at it that, looks like two of his years were legit. It looks like the final year that he got voted in. If if he did get in fact get voted in, it looks like the final year that he got in probably shouldn't have been an all star. Okay. But okay. two of the three, it looks like like look pretty legit. Like he was averaging over twenty when not a lot of guys were averaging yeah. twenty. Was rebounding. Was handing out some dimes. So I would say two of the three minimum were legit. See, and that's, that's where I also go back to where he was drafted, right? Because at that point, everybody that was drafted in the top five, not named Darko Milicic, was supposed to turn out to be a potential Hall of Famer, a longtime All-Star, and the best player on your team. And nowadays, it's just not the case because the kids are coming out way too early, and it's tougher to judge their potential and how far they can go. But I, I'm just thinking you have so much young talent on this roster. If you can get that out of Jalen Green, especially for the naysayers that don't believe you're going to see even close to that. But if you could get that from him and then start thinking about, well, I've got four or five other guys to choose from that I could also get to be guys like that for him, like Alpi, like Cam, like um, Amen. You know, you, it may, and I don't think that, that, that Jabari's that guy, but Jabari, that doesn't mean that Jabari can't be an above-average player in this league. But I, I think that as long as people could kind of get off of Jalen to the point where they could say, okay, at least he could, if he turns out to be that, and, and there's a three- or four-year window where you could go, okay, as long as I got guys around him, that's not so bad. 
No, it wouldn't. I just a three-time All Star for guys number two pick. I think people would be disappointed that, quite frankly. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. We can open up to the high. Would you be disappointed if uh, Jalen Green had that Steve Francis career? Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. The HRMP listener line. Also, you might have seen this today. The SEC and the Big Ten are setting up advisory committee to uh, look at college sports. How would we fix college sports if we had all of the power in the world? Also, if you want proof that there are some issues in college football, how about you take a look at some of these coaches around college football? It's Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.